I wouldn't be afraid to charge five hundred dollars for one hour. Like, five hundred for an hour. If you give that to an intern, it's going to take them two days to do that. You want to do a role play? Yeah, let's, let's do, do a role play. play. Oh. What would be your budget? I was just thinking because it's just a day, a thousand dollars. I think oh, it, should, all right, okay. it should be. So that's yeah, that's a very small budget. A thousand dollars. That's so good. That's so good. Should you work for free? I charge projects like five figures, and now closing around six figures. I still work for free. Should definitely work for free. I knew this. The client was gonna be shot. Any time, any job we have done in the past is not even close to this. To do all of this, it will cost three thousand five hundred dollars. And I shut the fuck up. Ask the question and shut up. Does gear matter? Yes. Why? <laughs> fuck! I'm pumped. <laughs> I think I've never been more excited for a podcast in my life. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up, because today, I know I've told you that in the past two episodes, but trust me, you do not want to miss this one. Today, we're fortunate enough to have with us one of my best mates, an incredibly handsome filmmaker, the business owner of Blue Media House and Blue Weddings. His name is Guillaume Cornet. Welcome to the show, brother. Let's do this. Yes. So, G, for people that have no idea who you are, can you, can you break down who you are? How did you arrive to this point? And I know you're laughing because Christo said yesterday, <laughs> the lazy way to do, to do a podcast is to ask your guest to give a little bit of, of a brief description of himself. But yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure you will do a better job than me. So can you break down for us who you are and how do you got to this place? Uh, how deep do we go? <laughs> uh, I, I like, deep like enough. Deep, deep. I want yeah, people deep. to understand, uh, have a good understanding right. of your background. Um. Yeah, so my name is Guillaume. I'm 34 years old. Um, I'm from France. Grew up in Paris, near Paris. And um, studied to become an engineer when I was younger. And so nothing related to what I'm doing now. Um, however, when I was, I think, around 10, 12, my dad bought one of those cameras my dad was an engineer too and like he always had like cameras that he could even either borrow from work or he would buy he, he loved technology like i do and he one day brought one of the first cameras that you could um transfer to your computer you know so it, like it was like the, uh, we call that mini dv in french uh, I, i'm not sure how you call that but basically you had to you could film and then you had to plug in the camera to the computer via via like a weird cable and you had to press play and press record on the computer and it was recording as it goes. So if your recording was two hours, you had to play the video for two hours to numerize. Oh, no. like, you know, like to put everything yeah. to your computer. Yeah. So, and oh, um, wow. so my dad like bought that camera, but the software that was called Pinnacle Studio. I don't know if you ever no, used that one. Like, yeah, Pinnacle yeah. Studio 7, I think that was the name. And um, he would start uh, editing the movies from holidays and stuff, but he would never finish them. And um, that, wa that was very frustrating for me because I thought the process was very fun. And so eventually I started taking over him and I would jump on the computer when he go would go to work. I would go onto the house computer. We had only one at a time. And, and I would just edit all day. And then I would take the camera and go with my friends and start like, you know, like doing uh, videos of stop motion uh, Legos. 
And um, so that's how I kind of got introduced to filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I wish I could find those clips. I know my dad has clips of uh, filming me holding his camera when I was maybe like four or five years old. Wow, that so would be cold. So it's like like really old kind of videos. And, and, and you see me asking my dad, hey, can I hold the camera? Can I, in, fr in French, you know, like asking him, yeah. can I hold the camera? And like, I was super annoying because I wanted to play with the camera like when I was already like four or five. Um, fast tracking that, um, I kept doing videos, mostly wakeboarding videos with my friend. This is what I, like, I, I made all, you know, all the stupid kind of videos, but like wakeboarding was, it was what, to my two passions, filmmaking and wakeboarding. And um, that didn't match well with my, uh, my school, with school, um, because at school I was only dreaming about the weekend every day. Uh, like, how can I film wakeboarding with my friends, mm -hmm. pretty much. Mm -hmm. So um, eventually I became an engineer because that's, you know, the way uh, becoming an engineer is like, would make my parents proud. It gives you all those opportunities. So I, I was told, um, and I could do. My dad was kept telling me like, if you become an engineer, you can do pretty much anything you want after, which I think is pretty right with that. Mm. But um, I started. I did something, and at the same time, I think engineering like was the the thing I least um, disliked. So I didn't like school. I didn't like anything at school. But engineering and mechanics and understanding how things work, the technology. I was okay. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. So I ended up like becoming um, having a, an engineering degree and a business degree, and um, started traveling the world uh, through the internships I was doing for the engineering, which was a great experience. Mm -hmm. And I was doing something I didn't like, but I was okay. That's going to bring me eventually a good career and good money, mm -hmm. so I'll be able to do what I wanted. So I kept like trying to convince myself that what my dad was telling me was um, the truth and. And but still doing something I, I didn't really like deep inside me, mm -hmm. um, just for the sake of having like a good career, um, probably maybe good money uh, eventually, and something safe, you know, something and something to make my parents proud. Um, I ended up working for three years in an engineering company, like for an engineering company, aircraft engines, and um, I quit my job one day. Um, my boss said something I didn't like, and it was at the point where I had paid off all my loans, you know, student loans, anything. Um, and I was still doing videos on the side, but only for fun. And my friends, my close friends who knew me, they, they kept asking me, hey, um, do you, you should do that for a living. You should do and I was like, no, no, you know, like, it's not, it's not going to work. Like, I can't yeah. make a carry of that. And how will I, you know... <laughs> Like I could see yeah. my, my parents worked their whole lives. Um, my dad is an engineer. My mom has her own pharmacy business, like its mm -hmm. own business. So I could like, uh, you know, I'm not to complain as like the places I grew up and I could mm -hmm. go on holiday. And like, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say we were like super wealthy, but I um, mean, like we were not, you know, poor. Mm -hmm. We were like, it was like, like a normal, I think, a good life. Uh, yeah. I grew up like in a very good house, and mm -hmm. my parents were working hard workers, but mm -hmm. like they didn't know too much of that first the creative world. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, even though my mom had her own business, it was for, like in the medical, in the mm -hmm. you know health industry, it's a bit different from the creative industry. So they were a bit scared, mm -hmm. um, and so they never really tried. Every time I, I started asking questions around that, they were they were like, oh, just. Yeah, become an engineer. We we'll say after <laughs> <laughs> they, they would just cut the conversation straight away. Like you're an engineer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, um, so I kept making videos. And that year, the last year, the year I quit, I um, I ended up helping 
friends of the family like shooting like an engagement video mm-hmm. it was an actual like an actual um, invite actually for the wedding and they thought that would be very cool to create uh, an invite that would be a video that they would send all to all the guests mm-hmm. which is actually a super cool idea yeah and like, the idea was even cooler they wanted to do something uh in relation to water skiing because they were water skiing they had a boat and i was like why don't we just like pull um, a card like in between both of you you'd be behind the boat while skiing and you'll have um you, like a, a message saying you're invited we are getting married um and so they did that the video did so well that they were like do you want to shoot our wedding well we're going to pay you i was like what someone's going to pay me to shoot to, like to film their weddings like every time i was filming weddings before was for my cousins and yeah like they would never pay me you know? <laughs> <laughs> not and, even cross their minds and, like, yeah. and one of the reasons i was shooting weddings as well with my cousins is because i was bored you know i was like you know at 12 15 15 years old i think when I, is when i shot my first wedding uh, i had nothing else like i was i'm at a wedding it's a long day i'm bored what am i going to do i just mm. took the camera and filmed and made a video of that so they eventually paid me, you know, like, yeah, I lost money on that wedding. <laughs> <laughs> How much did they pay you for the first one? <sighs> Put it in dollars. I, I, I would say, I would say something like 500 euros, which would be like six, 700 mm-hmm. uh, dollars at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but funny enough is for that wedding, I just wanted to go all in because I, I was, oh, I'm going to get paid. And now I can buy yeah. all those stuff. And yeah. I couldn't, obviously, because I was going to lose money just on like going to the wedding. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was like pretty far away. We had to stay overnight, and like it was like <laughs> not financially uh, smart. But anyway, um, I went and bought a drone <laughs> that I found on like Gumtree, the French Gumtree. Yeah, and um, the guy who I bought the drone from, he was like, "Hey, my son is getting married um, in in like in four months' time." Um, like he, I told him I was buying the, the drone for the wedding. He was like, do you want to, would you like to film his wedding? I was like, yeah. How easy. <laughs> and, and, and I charged him the same price, so same deal, yeah. like I didn't make money. Like he, like both weddings didn't even cover the price of the drone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like, you know, like those first Phantom 2, you had to put yeah. the GoPro under. Yeah. Um, fast forward, um, so, sorry, I'm going No, everywhere. no, no, please yeah, continue, yeah, continue. Because yeah, yeah, I, I want people to have like, because it's pretty easy to just look at someone like you right now and be like, yeah, of course, he's making X amount of money or he's doing well with his video production businesses when you don't have context of like how hard you have worked to get to your mm. place. So so keep going. Keep, it, keep going. I think at the, at the time, yeah, all I had was I had a uh, Sony, in terms of gear, I had a Sony, that's how I filmed this wedding, and Alpha 65. Mm-hmm. So it's a um, DSLR mm-hmm. uh, Sony. And I had a Tamron 24 to 270. <laughs> <laughs> and I still have it. I still yeah. have it. I still have oh, it. Oh, did you? It's yeah. there. And it's like, I gave it to Raph, to yeah. my son. Yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> loves play it. With, yeah. yeah. I think it doesn't start anymore, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's like, uh, I keep it just, uh, I'm going to keep yeah. that one. It's yeah, fun. for sure. Yeah. And uh, it shoots like 1080 at 60, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah, good yeah. Time. That was you can really do good. slow motion, yeah. imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, um, so bought the drone and uh, got those two weddings. And in the meantime, yeah, quit like had a bunch of stuff happening. My um, like broke up with my girlfriend at the time I was with mm-hmm. for three years, and like that stuff happening at work where I was really not happy. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was in this position where I pay. I just had finished paying all my student loans, 
and mm-hmm. I had no more debt. Um, I didn't own anything, like mm-hmm. you know, like was because I saved all my money to pay those those debts. Mm-hmm. At the time, I wanted to get rid of that. And um, one day, yeah, that didn't go well at work, and I the next day I quit my job. So mm-hmm. uh, from that moment, I just planned uh, at my trip, and I was okay. I'm gonna go to Australia. Mm-hmm. So I was still working in Paris at the time. I'm going to go to Australia. I bought a one-way ticket to Perth. Um, and I chose Australia because you could get a working holiday visa. It was mm-hmm. super cheap, uh, which means I could come to Australia, work, and travel at the same time, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Like, it's paradise. And it was mm-hmm. as far as possible from France and from mm-hmm. any influence. I was like, mm-hmm. I need a reset. I need to figure out what I'm going to do with my mm-hmm. life. And um, even though at the time I didn't think this way, now in retrospective, and this is this is why I think I did that, mm-hmm. is because I felt like everything was given kind of to me. Like my parents were telling me, "Hey, you're gonna become an engineer, mm-hmm. you're gonna do this," you know? and I, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm going to make you proud, mom and dad." And mm-hmm. and I, I felt like everything was given to me was like I think I needed like that kick in the in the butt to tell mm-hmm. me, "Hey, you know, like you need to create your own path." Mm-hmm. And and the best way to do that is go as far as possible. I sold everything I had in France, even my drone. Mm. And it came with a GoPro, I think. And, and yeah, that's it. Mm. And I landed in Perth. And that's how I started my journey traveling around. And fast forward, like starting a business in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Yeah. So it's been, how long have you been in Australia? Um, it's been six years now. Six years since mm. you started uh, your video business? Yeah, yeah, exactly six years. I, I started like we are uh, November 22 right now. Um, mm-hmm. I started in 20, September 2016. Mm-hmm. My website, my first website was created in November, uh, September 2016. And I had my first paid wedding in Australia in October 2016. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. That's yeah. literally me arriving to Australia. Like, I, I think a month before that, I arrived on September. Yeah. So like completely same as you, just a, a brand new Canon camera um, with a microphone and with the idea, I'm going to be a YouTuber. I don't know how, but I'm going to do this. You like, can't be a YouTuber using a Canon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like back then, that that's, I had no idea about cameras. I just no. knew that people use Canon and people love Canon. That's, that's all I knew. And then my dentist... The dentist I was working for back home. So, so for people who don't know, um, I'm a, dent- a qualified dentist from Venezuela. Back then, I was working as a dentist, and they, in the dental clinic I was working, my boss had a, a Canon camera that he was using to take pictures of the page, the patient's mouths. Um, so basically, I, I kind of played with it a little bit. And I'm like, oh, so. This is incredible. The quality of this camera is way better than my GoPro and all this stuff. So that that was what inspired me to get a Canon camera just before coming to Australia. And then I, I had my whole idea that I was going to be a YouTuber. <laughs> that, that, that was the whole plan. Um, but yeah, so fast forward to today. You have uh, your two video production businesses. What 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 do you specialize on? Uh, yes, fast forwarding to today, I specialize... So Blue Media House is uh, my main production company studio, um, and we specialize in high-end cinematography, and we create all kinds of uh, videos, and we try to specialize and narrow down to documentaries and uh, outdoor action sports, mm-hmm. um, extreme sports, and and yeah, all, all activities, health, lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, around, around that, but all 
filmed like with very high quality so you know I, like i'm a gearhead i love gear mm-hmm. i love camera gear and um we shoot everything on red mm-hmm. and and yeah so we like that's the, the core that's what we want to do in uh, for blue media house and on the side there's blue weddings and that one is brand new mm-hmm. uh like 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 i just um shared a story like i've been filming weddings my whole life since mm-hmm. like it's probably the first big edit i've ever done was a wedding and that mm-hmm. was in uh, i was 15 years old and that was in 2003 mm-hmm. uh, i actually checked recently and i was like it's i haven't done many weddings the past few years because of covid and mm-hmm. all, all that thing and uh, i kind of missed it and i had like two bookings that were like um delayed because of covid and that just happened and i was uh, i really enjoy filming weddings and the connection it's a very different dynamic so i created blue weddings mm-hmm. and and just to make sure the reason why i created that is was to make sure i would separate the branding mm-hmm. and um and the vision like having two different businesses not only because i think it's exciting it's kind of fun mm-hmm. to create uh, something else from scratch i mm-hmm. love building stuff mm-hmm. and uh, the other thing too is like just to offer like a clear to have a clear offering to my um, clients and brides and grooms like for the wedding because mm-hmm. if they jump on Blue Media they don't really understand like mm-hmm. if, you la- if you look up like the last few videos are like um, CrossFit you know athletes or kitesurf or, or like you know like stuff that are absolutely not related to the wedding uh, world <laughs> so like just branching out to make sure you know what like we've got a clear offering there we know what we're doing and, and keeping Blue Media like straight to where I wanted to, to go niching down pretty much that brings that a, a great question that a lot of creators will probably be wondering. Should you niche down? What are your thoughts on niching down? I, I think I think when you start, you shouldn't niche down. Mm-hmm. When you get started, absolutely not. And this is I, I'm I'm I, I know that not only because this is what I've, I've been doing. It's my, my the course of action from like being a filmmaker, like doing a uh, filmmaker, doing pretty much anything, taking on any job, mm-hmm. starting on uh, like my first jobs were weddings, but then I had like some uh, diet loss, um, weight loss products, mm-hmm. you know, was like people on the beach. And then I did real estate. I did a big chunk of real estate. And then I started doing like small commercials for like small brands. And then I was doing educational videos, um, which which yeah like educational videos tutorial videos like course online courses like high quality online courses uh business profile videos uh that's a lot that's um that's a lot but what i think is at the beginning you need to learn and mm-hmm. and you need to you don't know what you what you don't know and you don't know what you you're going to love doing actually so i think it's the best way at the beginning to get to get started is like to Try as many things as different uh, as possible, mm-hmm. and like in our world, like where we do pretty much everything ourselves, like because we are like entrepreneurs and like we are self, you know, like we we try to manage. Like at, at the beginning, when you start, like you're by yourself, pretty much you do pretty much everything. I think trying a bit of everything, all kind of jobs as well, is going to teach you. Uh, you know what? I'd rather do editing in general. So you're mm-hmm. going to experiment the different sides of the business and see as well if uh, it's it's for you because mm-hmm. I don't think that's for everyone. So so I would start like yeah, doing everything, taking on all the jobs. If you're if you're getting started, that's the best way. Um, and as you evolve in your career, after a few years, start niching down and eventually specializing to something very narrow, something mm-hmm. very specific, 
And this is what I've been trying with Blue Media and, and now with Blue Weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, even niching down, to give you an example, with Blue Weddings to a very, very specific type of mm-hmm. couple and target audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to do only do like uh, people that are um, quite, um, I would say, wealthy, that mm-hmm. may, uh, eventually entrepreneurs as well, mm-hmm. like business owners, like who are like similar characters, the characters than me. Mm-hmm. Um, we've made and like we are trying like we are we understand the value of things mm-hmm. and we're and we're laid back as well mm-hmm. like I don't want someone like it's harder to work with some people because they are not that expressive mm-hmm. and I, I want mm-hmm. to be I want my videos to be fun and a bit more extravagant and with like mm-hmm. like and so that's how I'm niching down even down like in the, even in the, the the wedding market mm-hmm. whereas for Blue Media for example I could say it could be like uh extreme sports videos or documentary of mm. uh, extreme sports athletes. That's, mm. um, that would be that. And, and niching like to, to just that. And, and niching down Blue Media even more could be like, and we are going to film only people doing kitesurfing, you know, mm-hmm. and documentaries mm. about that and just specializing on that. And I'm still not sure. I haven't done it yet just because I'm still not sure mm-hmm. which one I want to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, co- I completely agree with you. You definitely nailed it with that. When you're getting started, nine out of 10 times, you should be a generalist. You should be trying out as many fields of filmmaking as you can. If you're a photographer, same thing. If you're a designer, same thing. What, whatever you are, you should try as many fields as you can because they're all very very different like a corporate video is completely different to a wedding and a wedding is way different to a a sports video or a documentary so in same like you i have tried almost anything you can think of like i've done a documentary i've done weddings i've done corporate videos i've done small business videos i've done health education travel tourism like you need to try all these things because they all give you different tools and different skills as well. If you had to choose one, I would say definitely try to do at least one wedding because weddings are stressful. Weddings will make you get sharper as well because it, it, it's one of those things that just happens once. You don't get to tell the couple like, hey, can you kiss again? Hey, everyone, can you stop for a second? My, I, I run out of battery. Hey, get, like... There's so many things, you have so many constraints and boundaries and, and obstacles that arise. At every single wedding I've done, there's always something that doesn't go to plan. You know, whether it's you forgetting a piece of gear it, and the wedding already, the ceremony already got started, or it's a SD card that fails, or, you know, someone is not on time. Man, there's always the weather. For me, has been the weather a huge one. Every wedding I've done, almost every wedding I've done has been rainy ass. And so, like, I think if you can, definitely try to do a wedding. And if, if you can assist someone, it's a great way of doing it because then you can you can see how, how what's the process of it, um, what are the things that you need to keep in mind, what mistakes you should avoid. That's with weddings, but same goes for any other field. Like if you can offer your services to people and this, this is the next subject uh, that I want to get into. But yeah, definitely if, if you're starting out, 
try as many fields as you can unless you already know exactly what you want to be doing if you know you you want to be doing corporate videos and you love them and you you think you don't really need to try anything else because whatever reason you have okay go 100 for that but at the beginning try to acquire as many skills as you can within the different fields of of that thing that you you're pursuing and eventually try to specialize try to niche down because even though it seems because for us it has been like that right like that journey of oh i don't want to specialize because then it's going to be hard to get clients i'll have to say no to so many opportunities and whatever but then the more you do it the more you realize like oh if i become a specialist actually there's more work for me because people come like the client is almost ready to buy from you because they're like yeah blue weddings do do weddings and that's exactly what i need i don't need to be looking for a videographer that has 10 different types of videos and and different things on his website um another question that a lot of people are probably asking should you work for free what are your thoughts on working for free definitely absolutely you should definitely work for free and that's something i i've done i'm still doing even though like i I charge projects like five figures and now closing up on six figures hopefully soon um i still work for free um there is no uh, you have to put things into perspective when you get started no you have to that's um like doing an internship for someone and learn from them learn if you can work with them um it's it's i think i think that's vital if you don't work for free there is very little chance you're going to succeed because working for free is going to kickstart your career it's mm-hmm. going to put you in front of the, the right people and i'm seeing it even more by having people asking me to, uh, asking me hey can i work for you for free mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm i'm like at some point i'm like i was like oh, you, you just want to to learn everything i've learned and just fast track but like I can't blame them. Mm-hmm. I, sh- I like it's, uh, I can't be upset because I'm not, I haven't been doing it as much as I, I should have. Because working for free is actually not working for free. You're pretty much not asking for monetary exchange. So mm-hmm. if I work for free for you, I'm not going to ask you for any money or anything. Um, but I, I'm going to uh, give you your time and as well borrow a bit of your time. Mm-hmm. So um, by, by, by doing that, you just like put yourself in situations where... Uh, you get opportunities that you would never have otherwise. Mm-hmm. And as long as you are going to learn something about the business, about yourself, about where to go from there, you should, you should, you should do it. Um, it gets harder and harder, obviously, as you grow, as you mm-hmm. have more responsibilities. And like today with a family of like, you know, one and soon like two, two, mm-hmm. two young kids, um, I think about those things and I, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't really work for free. Mm-hmm. And it brings like lots of, yeah, dilemma oh i really would love to do that mm-hmm. but my time i'm going to spend that one day with that dp that i absolutely want to work with mm-hmm. uh i'm going to do it for free it's i'm not pricing for my family so it becomes mm-hmm. a dilemma but when you're young when you've got time um and and you can afford it just yeah go for it again it needs to make sense you need to yeah exactly you you have to look at, at the table and, and it's like okay I'm giving my time, especially for people that if you're starting out, you should definitely offer your services for free. Jump on on as many sets as you can or assist it. If you want to be a photographer, assist all the photographers um, and people that you like their work, you know, and like try to 
just reach out and be like, hey, can I help you with anything? I'd love your work and would we'll, we'll love to assist you on a shoot or whatever it is. And try that with as many people as you can. Um, you will notice as well that when you go assist someone, even though you might like their work a lot, you might not get along. And that's completely fine. Um, but yeah, just just be open-minded about it. You know, like, like don't expect that you're going to a job and that means that then they will hire you for anything else. Like what has worked for me is having absolutely no expectations. Just like the, the time I met pro, you. Pro tip, pro tip right there. Yeah, pro I, tip, yeah. I have absolutely no expectations when I meet other creators. And, and I try to keep it always like that. You know, if we meet and we connect and we get alone, awesome. I have a new friend and a fellow creator. If, you know, what could happen afterwards, you can't really predict. Like if you would tell me uh, three years ago when I met you, like, hey, after this trip, you guys will become really good friends. You will do so many jobs together. You will continue to grow, you know, together. You will like, they, I could not believe it. I will be like, what are you talking about? I'm just helping this stranger from Instagram to pick up a car. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's a funny story, but um, I, I might just tell it so, so yeah, people know. Sure. So um, Guillaume and I, met through first uh, through instagram i just happened to come across his work i thought it was incredible he was way ahead of me back then like i, I was still getting started still more on the youtube side of things so my videos were not as curated as well and things like that um but his work was already at a at a way higher level and i just reached out because he, he was also giving you were doing like a giveaway on some nd filters for a drone um so i jumped on and it, it kind of like we, we kind of knew of each other from them but you know not nothing crazy and then fast forward like this was probably like a year later i think or a year and a half later he posted a story it being like hey i need to go to sydney to pick up a car really boring stuff but i'm looking for someone that maybe want to come help to pick up the car not like the absolutely most boring mission ever but i've been seeing his stories and his content for a while and i'm like i think we will get along because we were into the same stuff you know like string sports um content creation filmmaking you were doing youtube as well so i'm like I, it seems like we will get along. So I saw that story and it came at the worst time as well. The time that he needed that, I was moving houses that same weekend. So I was under a lot of stress. I needed to, I didn't even own a car. I, I had a, a, a moped, you yeah, know, yeah. On, on Brisbane. So he was living already on the Gold Coast. I needed to somehow get to the Gold Coast, to his place, drive with him. And Andre, then Andre Kilometers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, 800 kilometers to Sydney, was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then grab the cars and come back driving each one of us a car. So we're not even going to be talking on the way back. And then I have to get back to Brisbane somehow and move all my stuff next day, first thing in the morning. So it was very stressful. But I was like, you know what? If I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? So I, the opportunity presented itself. And like I said, I had absolutely no expectations. If we become friends awesome if we don't get along well you know i try <laughs> you know that that's it so i pretty much offered to him like hey i can help um he's like awesome see you tomorrow i think it was or something like that i went to my roommate i'm like 
can I borrow your car? You know, I'll bring it back after the weekend. So, so I'll leave you my moped. And she agreed. So she was super nice. Thank you, Tuani. And you got me one of my best friends. So thank you. Um, so basically, yeah, I, got, I borrowed the car, drove down, met him. And instantly it was like a click. You know, I was vlogging the entire thing. This is actually documented on YouTube. We've which got is the full free. vlog. Yeah, yeah awesome. which is yeah. awesome. There, and there's two versions of it because we both made videos of it. Um, so, yeah, like literally the entire drive, we were just talking nonstop, talking, talking about everything, the industry, all this stuff. Um, and on that trip, you were way ahead of me back then. Like, like the, the difference was very, very clear, you know, and you provided so much value for me that I literally was not expecting, you know, I just started asking you questions about it and you were giving me so much knowledge and experience, you know, for free because I was helping you do, doing this and, but like, you know, it was so natural, you know, and in my head, I, and I'm like, if he doesn't want to answer any of these questions, I completely understand, you know, because a, a lot of people in the creative industry I've noticed as well, they, they're very greedy with what they know and, and what they use and how they edit and how much they charge. Everyone's so greedy. They re Nobody wants to tell you and they all act like it's like, do not ask me. I'm not going to tell you. I, I've never understood Oh, they that. will give you an answer, but like they don't really give you the answer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they yeah. will they will dance around. They will be yeah. like, uh, so what are your rates? Oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. But what are the rates? You know, and they'll do, look, it can be anything from uh, 500 to a million. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, well, that doesn't work. So, so but yeah. Like, there is a disclaimer here. Like, um, it was in 2020 and it was just in the midst of COVID. We were in between lockdowns. Yeah. And, like, borders were open at that moment. So I took the opportunity, um, like, to, to get a new car. And, and when we drove down, I just had spent the past, like, two months, three months before, uh, we were in lockdown and I discovered um, Christo mm -hmm. the future at that moment and so I was so pumped because I was learning all this stuff yeah that's funny uh, that you, you're telling the story and I was uh, I was learning all this stuff and watching all the videos listening to all the podcasts and I had no one to talk I, I was talking to my partner about that but about my partner concepts, was yeah. running a yoga studio which is very different and I had like no other and then I meet you and I've got like so like someone to talk to <laughs> and share all this stuff. So I was like, that's so cool. Like we can bounce ideas and like yeah. everything I've learned, I can yeah. try because I think it's a pretty cool way to learn stuff is yeah. to repeat and try to teach them to other people. Yeah. And like just by talking to you, I was like, Yeah, that makes sense. That's so smart. And like, what do you think? And like, yeah, that just yeah. That was the disclaimer. Yeah, <laughs> so the the concepts were pretty fresh, but also uh, like it. I didn't think I could provide any value to you in that sense. But then you started asking me about YouTube, which I was doing more than you. So then I could also be like, oh, this is what I know and stuff. So like I instantly saw like how we were helping each other already leveling up, you know. Um, and fast forward that after that trip, we have become great friends. You know, we have worked together in, in countless projects. We have traveled together for projects. Um, we have done a mastermind together. We have, we have done so many things together. So, you know, like I have no expectations of any of this happening. It just ma like it just naturally happens. So never underestimate like how much how far you can go with a relationship. 
you know so when when you get the opportunity to meet someone that you like their work that you've been following for a while and stuff like that and things like this happen that they just post like they're looking for someone they they need some help or whatever like if you can definitely jump on it because something like this could could be your return you know so like there's this will be an infinite return i'm i'm pretty sure that us becoming financially free, which is our ultimate goal, will be faster just because we we made we made friends with each other. Mm. I'm a hundred percent sure that we'll get there faster than we would have if we didn't have each other in our lives. Um, I think I think yeah. there's an important, an important, very important thing to note, and I, I noticed that a lot uh, with people reaching out to me on social media. Is, uh, people see that as a transaction as well quite a bit and one thing that happened i think between us is that at no point no one of us uh saw that as a transaction mm -hmm. i was just a dude trying to go to sydney to get like i need like someone to drive my car back mm -hmm. that's all and i was just looking for someone and when nelson came like i didn't see it as oh i need to give him as much value or anything mm -hmm. i was just like very grateful someone was coming with me and that conversation happened very naturally mm -hmm. and he didn't like I didn't think, oh, I need to give you value. I need to give you stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and you I'm pretty sure you didn't feel like, oh, I need to give you all my tips and tricks on YouTube because mm -hmm. uh, it gives me all these tips. It's just who, you, who we are thinking mm -hmm. in person. We love bouncing ideas and talking mm -hmm. about that. We are very genuine. And like to come back to people reaching out to me, a lot of people are like, I, can I want to work for you for free, but um, I'm, I want to learn from you. I want to take this from you. I want to... And what, what you don't realize is like on set or anything, it actually, it requires a lot of energy like from a management perspective to have more people on set. Mm -hmm. It can be busy, it can mm -hmm. be annoying. And for me, like when I when I have people reaching out, I, I just want to be there and I can shoot behind the scenes. That's more organization for me. That's more like kind of work. So if I like if I if if I know that on top of that you're trying to get as much you know value from me and that like I can't really offer that. Mm -hmm. Whereas mm -hmm. like if you come like if I think being very natural about it and like not expecting anything like you said i think that's why like the chemistry works well in between us is because we don't expect anything and we didn't expect anything mm -hmm. and it was just a conversation instead of like there is value exchanged and that's the conclusion we have but it was not the intention yeah exactly and that and that's another thing value is subjective you know you might have someone that is offering to help but they come with an agenda and then maybe they, the thing that they want to learn from you, you're not teaching them that. And then they feel like, oh, you know, this was worthless for me or whatever. So that's why what I mean, like definitely have no agenda when you're going to help someone other than making a relationship. Sometimes I, as well, I look back to some of my relationships. It was someone that maybe I met once and, you know, like, yeah, maybe we got along or whatever, but it's like we didn't follow up. Mm. But years later, something happens and we come across each other and we're like, yeah, of course, I remember and all stuff. And the, the friendship actually starts from there. And yeah. it, it might be a client. It might be someone that refers you to a client that has happened uh, as well. So never underestimate the power of, of giving a good impression and, and it, like literally just focusing on on. Uh, nurturing a, a new relationship that's it like don't don't look further than that let the relationship surprise you with whatever it has uh, for you in the future um for people that let's say that they started their own business they started their video production and they're stuck 
they are making $500 every time they go out for a video. They're, that's why they're charging. Because um, I think that one of the most common issues with creatives and especially photographers and filmmakers is pricing, right? So what are, what are your thoughts on pricing? How should they charge? Should they charge hourly? Should, should they have a day rate? Um, what are the options for people and what's the best? What do you follow these days as well? I think that's um, a super interesting topic. And um, I just, I recently like posted something on Instagram actually about that, about pricing and how to price your project. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to give you guys like um, a free Excel spreadsheet, how to price your project. Um, just hit me up. Uh, and I thought like a few people would answer and I just would create something. I had like over a hundred people reaching out and my, like the stories with the new algorithm, I, because I haven't been nurturing my Instagram <laughs> recently, I don't get that many views and like, mm. you know, it's like 200, 500, 600. Mm. Um, but when I get like a hundred DMs, I counted them <laughs> Yeah. just for that. It means there is like, there is a huge opportunity. I think that's like, okay, I need to dig and into there's that. there's a clear like, problem. Yeah. There is a clear problem. Mm. That's what worries me even mm. more. Um, like people I looked, I wouldn't say I, I looked up to, but like I checked some Instagrams, like people are, they do amazing work. Mm. They do amazing work. And the way uh, as a question, it was like, like when they answered, like they were struggling, they were struggling with passion pressing a project. Um, or they're just curious, but I think, I think there are many ways you can price a, a, a project and mm. it's, it's, it's not easy at the beginning, but I think, what, do you want me like to give like how I price my projects? Or? So start well, start. Well, let's well. let's break it down on first people getting started. Yeah. How should they price? Then go for people that have been doing it for a while but they're stuck now, and then go to okay, your skills are at, let's say at a very high level. How sh should you be charging? I think in retrospective, I think the the system would be pretty much the same mm -hmm. from someone who's starting. Um, to someone who is more advanced, uh, to someone who is super experienced. Uh, and there is one parameter that's going to change, which is like the time value, like the value of the person uh, themselves. Um, the reason why I'm saying that is because when you get started, you want already like to try to um, implement good systems, a good process for your pricing. Mm -hmm. uh, from the beginning. Because if you mess that up, that's going to be very hard to catch up. Uh, and I'm not even counting, like, Taking, talking taxes or anything, it's just or income or anything. I'm just like talking really like how to price your project. And and like for me, like the best way to start for anyone, like especially someone getting started is, okay, look at the projects and uh, first try to understand what you what's your job there. And that's really important because a lot of people like misquoting a client. It's not just because they're under charge or anything. It's because they didn't realize the client needed a lot more and he asked the right questions and they ended up doing like twice as much work and then um, they are just a bit upset because they're not getting paid very well. Um, so when you get started, I think the best thing is to, to, to break it down uh, into different categories. So what do you need when you do shoot? Uh, the first thing is, okay, you need gear. You need a camera, a lens, a gimbal, maybe a tripod, lights. Do you need any of this? When you get started, it's quite easy. You don't have much. You start, you maybe just have a GoPro. I filmed my first real estate videos, which is just a GoPro and, a, and one of those um, gimbals, like Feiyutech gimbals. Mm -hmm. um, just look at the rental houses. Look how much it costs for them like to rent them out for one day. Because let's say you don't have any gear. You don't have nothing. 
you have a client asking you to do a job, you want to be able to take that job. How do you do that? You go to the rental house and you rent it. Okay, so that's one, go- let's say one camera and one gimbal. Like, let's keep it simple. Um, they charge 100 bucks, 200 bucks, I don't know, I'm just putting numbers for the day for that. Okay, that's going to be the gear higher for that shoot. Then on top of that, you're going to have your day rate. And that one, maybe I'll come back a bit later because that's the hardest part, but that's going to be the valuable. So like gear is going to be valid for when you begin, when you're intermediate or when you're an expert. Mm-hmm. I think you need to charge for the gear separately. It's one thing. Mm. Then then you're, you, I would, I would, I'm going to skip like your own uh, fee. I'm going to go directly and we're just talking filming. I'm breaking mm-hmm. it down like, okay, mm-hmm. filming, pre-production, production, post-production. Mm-hmm. We are just talking right now, pre-production. Mm-hmm. Uh, production, sorry. Pre-production is something else. Do you need mm-hmm. to do pre-production? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Some clients, they will just ask you, hey, I want you to show up and film that thing. That's mm-hmm. all. You don't need to prepare anything. You just need to charge your gear, your SD, like prepare mm-hmm. your SD cards and just show up. So let's say you just do that. Going- and, and to give an example, pre-production, do you need to storyboard? Do yeah. you need to plan out? Do you need to have meetings with the client to do some research about the subject? Do you need to start booking, spend time booking flights and, and booking, uh, yeah, and, yeah, looking for talent and that type of thing? Okay, go on. So, uh, location schooling and uh, everything. Mm. So let's keep it simple. It's uh, like production. So that's what you would do. The second thing you're going to do is check your expenses. I took go to the shoot and that's like, so why like I was laughing about the wedding I took is because I didn't t- I didn't do any of this like I just pulled a number five hundred sound like yeah right you know like it sounds good like when you think when you put that in perspective and you've got a salary yeah which I had at the time but it's not second thing so expenses okay you need to drive there how much is uh, going to cost me fuel and everything and a very easy way to do that is you go on your government website and look at the cents per kilometer rule. Uh, that's how I do. It's maybe not the best way, but that's going to give you a rough estimate in Australia, for example, the month is around 87 cents per kilometer. Mm. So you need to do 100 cases to, to go to your jobs. That's $87 of car expense. And that's going to cover your fuel, your insurance, your depreciation and the maintenance of your car. So that's pretty good. Um, that's one expense. Do you have any toll? Do you have any um, other expense like you know, insurance, your own insurance, like a, a liability insurance for the mm. job or anything. So you have to think, okay, just to get on set and be able to film, what are all, like, what, what's going to take, be taken from my credit card, from mm. my bank account? Because you, you don't want to be covering that for the client. Mm. Like, we are, we are talking about a pay job. Mm. So that's the best way. And then, so the last parameter for the production would be your, your, your worth, like your value. And that's why it's pretty hard and uh, it depends on, on the kind of job. And I, I think I would recommend to start um, eventually with an hourly rate at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Find an hourly rate that works for you. And there are many ways to find hourly rates. For, like you look at the country you're in, like in Australia, like having like $20, $30, like it's very entry level. Mm-hmm. And then as you go up, like you can do $50, $100 um, hourly rate. Mm-hmm. And then just breaking down maybe in a day. Because if you go to a shoot, um, even if it's just half a day, if it's from 11 to 3 p.m., you know, it's only like, what, four hours? Mm. Well, it's taking your whole day because you can't take on any other client that day. Mm-hmm. So maybe you should charge a full day mm-hmm. because your lack of opportunity, like you can't, like you, you, you just miss out on, on other opportunities eventually. So think about that um, and, and, and start hourly very quickly. You uh, migrate to something, a daily raise like this. And eventually you are going to go and, and do value-based pricing. So um, same, similar with the editing. 
um, at the beginning, maybe charge like charge hourly, just see. I wouldn't charge your pro- I wouldn't share your price with the client. You're already right, mm-hmm. because um, and I think there are some great content like with Chris Do again, like on, on YouTube. If you guys want to check, but um, <clears throat> I already favorize the people that are working slow, and unfortunately, yeah. your clients are um, very likely. Your clients will favorize a fast delivery, mm-hmm. which conflicts. That doesn't mm-hmm. work. It means like, oh, the slower I'm going to work, the more I'm going to make money. Mm-hmm. But the client's going to be more upset because mm-hmm. I'm late. And so that becomes crazy. And that's where like becoming like charging hourly doesn't make sense at some point because you're going to share the, to the client. Hey, I can do the, like I'm super, like I'm personally super fast at editing, like freaking fast. Mm-hmm. I know that. Like I'm faster than anyone I know. Maybe not you. <laughs> uh, we could do a race, I, we do a race yeah. but I think like we, we're both very fast yeah, at editing yeah. you know yeah. and, and like I wouldn't be afraid to charge $500 for like one mm. hour mm. Mm. but like if you share that like when I just said a number like see like people like, I'm sure some people were like, we'll be like well, an well, 500 hour. for an hour crazy but like yeah. like if, I, if you give that to an intern it's going to take them two days to do that mm-hmm. you know like and their hourly rate is going to come down like a much like, a lot that's going to be 16 hours like so yeah that sounds good but it doesn't mean it's good like the client wanted the video today didn't yeah. want the video tomorrow yeah. so they value that so so that's where like you start charging value and like we, we enter like a war new realm so uh, is that answering your question yeah 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 so just to summarize it for people i think and most people start charging hourly and that's fine that's a way easier to break it down for you and whoever is hiring you but like he's explaining charging hourly will penalize you because that means you in order to gain more money, you need to take longer. And that first, your client doesn't want that. And also, you don't want to be spending 10 hours in a project just to get paid a little bit more. You know, you should you should try to be as fast as you can and communicate that to your client as well. So charge, charging hourly will not make sense. I think it still makes sense for maybe if someone is hiring you for a shoot or things like that. A lot of people charge that uh, hourly, but even then, I would suggest you move as quick as you can to charging a half day or a full day rate. I stay day for a while, and even these days, I still do some projects that require that just because, let's say, the person that is hiring me, it's hiring me just for shooting, they will do the editing, you know, so it's more of like, yeah, do you need me the half day or the full day? It's easier as well. Um, like you said, you should be charging for your gear. This is something that I didn't do for the longest time. I was just leaving money on the table and also getting penalized, like bringing a bunch of gear, lights, cameras, lenses, all this stuff, and you're not getting paid for it. You know, how are you going to be able to upgrade your gear or even replace it if something happens, if you're not even charging for it? Mm. So definitely you should be charging for your gear. Um, and learn about value-based pricing get for people that have never heard this concept. Can you break it down for us? Yeah. Uh, just to bounce back like, very quickly, like, so gear easy, you find out, you go uh, on the rental houses, local rental houses, check like two, three of them, like create your own spreadsheet on Excel, mm-hmm. whatever, like find out the prices, build kits, like don't do like Sony lens and Sony mm-hmm. filter and like the SD card, just Filming kit for the Sony, mm-hmm. including all of this, da, 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 it costs you roughly that much. You bundle the price. That's your thing. Same with your how much you want to get paid. That's one thing. And I forgot one thing that's very important. Mm-hmm. And I think that's as you move to more intermediate is, 
okay, how much do you want to get paid for, for the job? Because those are expenses, like the gear. It's like, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. You're not making money on that. You're, not you're working, just paying yeah. for the gear or eventually paying for a replacement. Mm-hmm. But that's not money that's coming. It's not profit. Mm-hmm. Then you need to get paid. Like you would have a salary. Like it, you, you want to work as an, like think as an entrepreneur or a business. Mm-hmm. You have to make money. How much do you want to make, get paid? Okay, you want to get paid like $120,000 a year. Mm-hmm. I just picked that number on purpose. That's $10,000 a month. Okay, you break it down. How many days are you working a month? Let's say 20. Mm-hmm. You're working how many hours a day? You want to work around eight hours. You're efficient six hours. Mm-hmm. Divide all of this. That's going to give you an efficient hourly rate. I call that the efficient. I'm not sure that's the right definition mm-hmm. of the efficient hourly rate. It's going to give you an hourly rate of maybe like, I don't know, 100 bucks an mm-hmm. hour. That's how much you need to charge. So roughly you can put on, like you can start quoting like this and have a rough idea of your price. Mm-hmm. It's it, like you don't need to share that again with the client. Mm-hmm. It's for you. Like if you struggle with pricing and that's what people do, they struggle and like, they have no idea, should I charge 500 or 1,000? That's what I do to give myself an idea roughly to break even, to not, like, to not lose money on that project or anything. I need to charge that much. So I need to charge 100 bucks an hour. And then after that, I'm going to add profit. Mm-hmm. And that can be 10%, mm-hmm. 20%, 30%, depending on what kind of margin you want. Mm-hmm. But like, I want to get paid 100K. You've got your hourly mm-hmm. rates taking me six hours for that day. Boom, you put it. And then you put a profit. 20% margin, 30% margin. That's something what I would Pretty do. Standard, what, yeah. what, what I do. And, 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 and that's it. And you bundle. And, like, and, and do the same with the editing. Editing, don't forget. You need a computer, you need hard drives. Mm-hmm. How much is it costing you per hard drive? Bigger projects, bigger hard drives. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so on. So you could do exactly the same thing. Like a MacBook Pro costs you that much. Like the hard drives cost you that much. That's your fixed expenses. And then you've got your hourly rate. Mm-hmm. Again, don't charge hourly. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like if you want to figure out like a price to start with, that's the way. I think that's yeah. a great what, way to, What to he's do saying is break it down for yourself. It's not like you're going to tell your client like, hey, <laughs> I want to make 100K a year. So I broke it down and I need 100 dollars You're not going to do that. What you're going to do is you're going to break it down for yourself. So you get what... I tend to do, and I got this tip from you, is like before quoting a project, I just break down, first of all, you know, how much is it going to cost me? What are all my expenses? And then I'll break, figure out, okay, I have all my, uh, this is the cost of the project. This is all the gear involved. This is like additional stuff, whether it's like parking, uh, fuel, blah, blah, blah. Then how much is my rate according to this same breakdown? How much money I want to make? How much is worth my hourly rate estimate? Okay, this is how much I charge for my day rate and after all that okay this is the the profit but i first break it down for myself to see how much money is it gonna cost me and then you don't really need to let the client know about all those fees the client Mm. nine out of ten times don't care which camera you're bringing how many lenses are you bringing they don't care about the sd card you're just breaking it for yourself. I think there are very specific cases in which you break it down. So let's say Guillaume is hiring me from Blue Media House. He will be interested to know in which gear am I bringing. You know, he will be interested to know if he hires me with one or two cameras because he's on the technical side of things. So I, I personally do this when I work with like media agencies or, or a middleman. Hmm. And even depends on the middleman. Because for example, I have one client that... They absolutely have no idea about filmmaking. They don't care. They just want you to get the job down. Um, so, you know, like it's basically pricing accordingly to what they need and then they will charge to the client, yeah, yeah. which is another interesting topic, which is the uh, the food chain, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And, and just to break it down real quick for people, 
because a lot of people tend to reach to agencies and things like that, like, oh, a, an agency that maybe does weddings, you know, and they're like, oh, can I uh, be your filmmaker and things like that? What you need to think, uh, have in mind is that you, it's very likely that you won't be able to do value-based pricing with someone like that, with a middleman. It doesn't work like that because the middleman needs to make enough profit from you. They need to have a, a big margin of what you're going to charge because you are an expense to them. The, the reason why you were saying that is because the middleman is usually not the one person with the money. Mm-hmm. It's not the CEO. It's not the, the, the it's not the person being able to make the decision. The middlemen are usually like just an intermediate and just transfer the information, relay the information in between the client and and, and the vendor. Mm-hmm. So like they don't have any power. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can just convey the information, and very likely they are going to disform the information that you're going to say. Mm-hmm. When you're going to say, I can provide more value to your work, is going it's going to be more expensive. Yeah. So it's going to cost us more. <laughs> so, so, so that's on the later end of yeah. the value-based pricing. The value, like to answer your question, value-based pricing is basically um, taking that into account. Okay, that's your expenses. That's your like value-based pricing is totally different. It's basically pricing a project based on the expected outcome uh, that the client will have with whatever you're selling. So let's say we are talking videos right now. It could be photos, actually, or content, content in general, or even like a, a strategy. You could, you could even like have people contact me. Hey, can you help us like hire someone? And we need like a profile type for a videographer. You know, mm-hmm. um, and what kind of value is, is that going? To, is your service going to bring to the client? So I think the best way to talk about it is like to break it down into an example. Um, I just had an inquiry from from like a, a friend actually, someone um, I see at the gym, and and he came to me and was like, "Oh, I've got this place, I've got this house. Like I'd love to um, render the outdoor area, hire hire out, hire out that that place to do photo shoots or film shoots or." Or anything anyone like wants you know content for their brands or, mm-hmm. or social media or whatever it, it's a beautiful outdoor area with a swimming pool palm mm-hmm. trees like white walls like you know mm-hmm. big mediterranean kind of style mm-hmm. um he came to me and i and and so like basically the way i, I would do value-based pricing if you didn't do value-based pricing what would you do you would just go there okay he wants me to take photos that's how i would think mm-hmm. um okay so i need the camera I need to be there for two hours. He's going to take care of eventually talents and whatever. And I'm going to take pictures. Then I'm going to take like 30 pictures because that's what he's going to ask for. And uh, I might ask him like how many pictures. But like all, all of this like is very vague. And you just have like one phone call or a few texts. Oh, okay, I'm just going to show up, take the pictures and go home, edit the pictures. How oh, much is it going to cost me? Okay, that my daily rate for 50 pictures edited. It's going to be like a thousand bucks. I, I just don't know. So that's like, that's not value-based pricing. Um, the way I did it was value-based pricing. So it's very different. My approach was, okay, I started asking him questions. What do, what do you need that for? What, what do you think? And I, and I think, what do you, where, where are you going to put the video and the photos on? Oh, it's going to be on a, on a website, Instagram as well. Okay, so like I need to create like different kind of content that are going to eventually convert for him. But what's going to be interesting to him, it's not so much that like my pictures or my video is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, he will care definitely about that. But that's easy. Like we're all filmmakers, videographers. You go on YouTube. You can learn how to do that. Like we, like it's very easy. It's the first step. Mm-hmm. Now the hard part is asking the right questions mm-hmm. and saying, hey, um, "What if I get you one client? How much is it going to bring you? Two thousand dollars. You know what? That shoot I wanted to charge like for a thousand bucks at the beginning. Um, just keep that in mind. 
so oh you're going to hire your place for a day for two thousand dollars okay so i think if i create content for you i can i'm not i'm never going to guarantee but i can probably bring you like you know five plans a year just from my content that I'm going to provide you because I'm going to create a TikTok, I'm going to create a reel or just a video that's going to be super engaging. It's going to resonate with some brands. They mm-hmm. will want to hire the place. So let's say five people mm-hmm. and five people, they will each pay $2,000 because I asked for those numbers to my client. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, how much is it going to, to, to how, how much are you going to charge? And one thing I've noticed is that my client is, is an entrepreneur as well. He's got his own business. He's just doing that on the side. Like, is it, like, and that, and yeah. that's key. Because entrepreneurs understand that you need to spend money in order to make money. And, and I saw like his eyes, like at the beginning, I was like very like technical, pragmatic. Okay, you need pictures, you need videos. Like he was like, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, how much is it going to cost me? And I didn't answer. I was like, I need to ask you a few more questions. Like, do you mind if we discuss? And I just like normally we were at the gym, we were warming up and I'm talking to him. Okay, well, how much do you think you're going to hire this place? Like how many days a year? Like, what do you think? Okay, like what do you, what would be the ideal outcome of working together. Mm-hmm. And like suddenly like the, the numbers in my head, I'm like, I can definitely get you five people to hire your place mm. at $2,000. Mm-hmm. That's a $10,000 project for just a few pictures. So we went, see like what I did, and we went from a $1,000 quote I had in my mind because that was my expenses and mm-hmm. what I usually charge mm-hmm. to a $10,000 quote. Mm-hmm. And the client was maybe like, oh, $1,000, maybe that's a lot. I was talking to him like, he was like, his eyes were brighter. He was like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you're right. Like, I'm going to check out the prices, like, and how, how many days. Like, he was going to, he needs more numbers to, mm-hmm. to provide to me and, and see what to do with the content. But, like, suddenly he understood. And, like, I felt like I was in much more power to be able to convince him. He's mm-hmm. maybe going, not going to pay $10,000. Mm-hmm. But, like, see, like, even if you pay 5000 that's five times. I just did mm-hmm. a 5X. Mm-hmm. Just because not only, like, I do, I'm doing value-based pricing, but I communicated with my client and mm. connected with him and trying to figure out a solution for his problem because his problem is not to get it is not after a video it's not after photos it's not after any of this he can build websites he can take photos with his mm-hmm. iPhone or anything mm-hmm. he's after like getting more bookings more people that are going to hire the place and make money of that so making an investment of $5,000 because like five more people or two more people or three more people are going to book no problem and like when you convey that information as well, the clients are much more likely to be, oh, you're right, you're right. And they're, more scared, they're less scared of the prices. So yeah, uh, yeah and, I, and from there you move from, I'm selling you a video to I'm selling you money. And who doesn't want money, right? Because now it's like, oh, so I'm not getting a video. I'm getting an asset that is gonna make me X amount of, of money. And I think once you start looking at your work, whether it's photography, videography, or design, or whatever it is, in terms of what are they actually getting? It's not a video, it's not a logo, it's not a photo. They're getting something that in most cases, you know, depends on who you're talking. Context matters as well. Are we talking to a bride for a wedding? Because she's not planning to make money out of that. You're selling a, a memory, a priceless memory, right? But if you're talking to an entrepreneur like this case, he's after money in the end. He's, he doesn't care about the video. He doesn't care. He cares about something that is going to help him make more money. And value-based pricing comes down to communication. That's the secret to it is asking questions, listening, because the more questions you ask, the more rapport you're building instantly. Because instead of imagine when someone goes to you and they're like, hey, um, I, ne- I need a video. How much for, for a video of, of my business? Oh, it's going to cost you $500. 
And then you go to someone, you, you clearly already, you're like, oh, thanks, dude. I'll chat later. I'm shopping for price because this, this is what he gave me. Then I call another videographer and you're like, oh, hey, I need a video for my business. And then they're like, oh, so uh, what do you have in mind for the project? Oh, well, I, I think I want to get some models and I want to do it on the beach and it'll probably take the whole day. Oh, okay, so our, our full day rate is, you know, X, and then for the editing, we're going to charge you blah, and then we can do the models for you, and that costs blah, so it's 1,500. Uh, okay, cool, I have an option of 500 and 1,500. Then you call the third person, and this person happens to be Guillaume. So let's do this. Do you want to do a role play? Yeah, let's, let's do, do a role play. play. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> Buckle up. Buckle up. Am, am I the filmmaker and you're the client? Is that the, uh, I'm no. the client. Yeah. Oh, you're the client. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so uh, hi there. Am I speaking with Guillaume? Yeah, yeah, that's me. Hi. Yeah, dude, I saw, I came across uh, your work with Blue Media House and it looks incredible. Um, oh, so, you. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm basically after a video. I just want to get a sense of what, what are your rates? Yeah, so um, do you want to tell me a bit more about uh, what you're after and what's your project about? Yeah, so for sure. So I have a swimwear brand and I basically the idea I have in my head is I want to get a couple models on the beach and, you know, I want to get a dude playing maybe volleyball with them and I want to make it on sunset, but I will also love for them to spend the day together. Maybe we'll walk around, maybe Kulangara or something like that. So we showed like the lifestyle, but I want a lot of shots of, of, of the swimsuit. Um, so yeah, well, how much would you charge me for the entire day and, and making a video of that? So it sounds cliche, but it's like we get inquiries like this. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. Don't, don't break broke. Like, continue, continue. Sorry, Sorry. so how much? Um, yeah, no, no worries. When, when, when did you guys start? Like sounds super exciting. When did you guys start the brand? Like what, what's your story? Oh, dude, I need this as soon as possible. Like, uh, and no, no, when, when, sorry, when did you start the brand? Like, what, what's your story about the brand? Oh, like, I just, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been working on this swimwear for over a year now. Okay, so, cool. hey, dude, you don't know everything I have gone through to, to make this happen, but I finally have it. Um, I have all the mechanisms in place. You know, I have a manufacturer. I have a hundred pieces of swimwear waiting, ready to be shipped. Um, but I need this video as soon as possible. So, today is what uh wednesday yeah i'm i'm actually looking to start shooting this weekend on saturday wow wow yeah <laughs> that's yeah i mean i'm sure we can do something and we, we we can work with that what what's um so i understand like wh where would you uh, put those videos like is that for for your own website marketing social media or just like uh just for yourself what, what? yeah so we don't have a physical store or anything we already started an instagram so that will definitely be on social media across all platforms tiktok facebook instagram um i'm planning on starting a youtube channel and then they will be mainly on the website all right, and and do you do you know exactly what you want? Like you, you already know like how many TikToks and videos you want in the end, yeah. Um, I would say at least ten videos that I can post on Instagram and TikTok, and then one for the YouTube, uh, one for the website. Sorry, and because we have three different sets, I would like maybe one video for each to be on the YouTube channel. Okay. Okay. So I mean, those are ama amazing details. Thanks for, for what. What would be um, the ideal outcome? What, what What are you trying to achieve with um, this content? 
Well, I, I want to sell FG. Mm. That I literally have been working so hard on this brand. I quit my nine to five. I'm all in on this brand. I think it will be a success. So I I definitely need to sell them. That's, that's the goal. I'm hoping that the videos, once someone watches them, they, they really want to inquire about our, our swimwear. What, what, um, how would you measure like success with us? Like, um, would you like increase in sales or what, what do you think? What would be... Like well, a measurable success. Well, if I think about it, now that you're saying that, we, we haven't sold the first one. So that we haven't done the official launch. Yeah, but we haven't done the official launch. Mm. Um, but I'm hoping by the next month, if we get started now, that we will sell at least a hundred uh, uh, pieces of, of swimsuits. Swimsuits. Uh, can I ask you how much do you charge for a pair of swimsuits? How much? How much it's a hundred dollars each okay. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you you would say like you would expect and only from the video like you think just the videos that we we would create for you would sell like a hundred pieces of of. Well, that, that's so. what I hope because mm. all that um, my mom and um, my friend Guillaume from next door, um, I don't really know who else is going to buy them. I'm hoping I can sell them online, that people online will buy them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like we're talking like hundreds uh, swimwear, like hundreds, uh, hundreds, uh, hundred dollars each. Mm -hmm. so, so if my math is right, like we're talking $10,000 worth of sales, um, mm -hmm. you would do uh, by next month. So what if I could create content um, that would uh, reach that number? Um, what, what would be your budget uh, for, for us creating content for you? Ah, well, I, I was just thinking because it's just a day and, you know, there's a couple of videos or whatever, a thousand dollars, I think it should, it should be uh, enough for, for the budget for this. Oh, all right. Okay. So that's, um, yeah, that's a very small budget. <laughs> um, Is it? A thousand dollars? That's so good. That's so good. Like, um, I, w I would say, that. I, would, I would say, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a big budget. It's, um. Uh, like we can maybe work with a thousand dollars, but I can't guarantee that we are going to sell much uh, with a thousand dollars because we won't be able to create. We'll be able to create maybe one video, and um, I understand that your goal here is to sell bikinis or swimsuits, mm -hmm. and you want to sell hundred. Like with one video, I don't think um, with the current, you know, marketplace and and the current trends on social media, you would need to put at least like at least 10 to 20 if not 50 pieces of content to sell uh that that many really that yeah. many wow. so so i think like what if i could do a video that actually sells you um 100 uh pieces just just the first month and that keeps selling every month from now on like we we find a deal so that keeps sending you like 100 um pieces of swimsuit every every month wow every, um, every month every month i can I, I i could yeah pretty much we we could obviously like go on after the first month and, and see what happens but like if i what if i, if I create content for five thousand dollars a month mm -hmm. so every month um you would pay me like five and we would create the content and just to sell you like ten thousand dollars worth of uh swimwear um, would that be something you would be interested in wow so I will be paying $5,000 per month, but you're helping me get $10,000 then. What, how, how sure I am of these results? No, you're not. You're not. I see. So what if, what if my budget cannot get to 5000 but now that you're breaking it down and it, it seems like you have a good understanding of it, I think I could push it to maybe 4000 Will Will that 
work with you what what could we get for four thousand i'm sorry like our minimum engagement price would be five thousand on this for the amount of work that's going to be uh, sorry i wouldn't say that um scrap that i don't never talk about input of work it's Mm. not like it's not about it doesn't matter Mm. Uh, like to be able to at least guarantee that kind of number or at least like being confident about that kind of number this is what i would need uh to work with um otherwise i i don't think we are are the right fit okay well i look now that you have explained it i think i get it and i'm happy to move with the five thousand dollars boom no worries i'll send you the invoice in a minute yeah, so we're, we're finishing the role play there. <laughs> there, there. There were two things here. They were like, mm. um, they were value-based pricing, how to do value-based pricing, but there were as well client objection with yes. like different pricing. So it was like a double, like <laughs> double trouble. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so for people that just listen to this, um, when should you stand up straight for your pricing, right? Because at, at that point, you I came with a budget of $1,000, you managed to get me to four thousand, but you still told me no, it's five thousand dollars. What's what's your behind uh, your insights for for people to understand? Because a lot of people will be maybe on the sidelines, like oh, you already took it. like from a thousand to four thousand. Why didn't you just say yes? You know, like mm-hmm. uh, so. Uh, uh, can you break it down for people? What was your thinking behind it? So, so there, there are two things here. I think one of the first thing I need to say is. Um, I did struggle even in that, like, I still struggle today, even here in that role play. Mm-hmm. You see me, I saw me, I went into asking you what are the deliverables. It doesn't matter because I was calculating, like, I, I can't help it. It's hard. It's hard to mm-hmm. go from, like, input-based pricing to value-based pricing. And I was trying to think, how much work is it going to, to be for me? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. And, like, that, that's funny. Like, with you, I think I got a bit confused because I'm not used. It's my first podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the only thing. But, I didn't mention that we're taking your virginity from podcasting. <laughs> it's my first podcast. My pleasure. So, uh, I, um, <laughs> I, I'm going to get better at this. Um, but, like, when talking to someone that I'm, like, obviously, I know Nelson, it's very hard like, to, to think about what a client would say because he is my friend and I, mm-hmm. I don't envision you as a client. Mm-hmm. I really struggle with that. But with like a potential client, a stranger, or like it's a, a bit easier. And I started like, you see, like asking for inputs and like you don't want to do that. You don't, like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you you, you want to guide the, the client, you want to lead them because you got to be in control of the conversation. Whoever is asking the most questions is in control of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. That's an important thing. Um, and you want to continue to ask. You see how I was trying to get to price, which is what most clients will do. They will they will call you and be like, I, I need a video and I need it to be done on Saturday. How much? You know, they always want to know how much, mm. how much, how much, how much. Continue to deflect. It's almost like deflecting, like, doesn't matter doesn't matter like tell me about you why are you doing this what's the goal like start breaking everything down for questions and make it in a natural way as Mm -hmm. well that like don't make it like it feels like a script it's more about like be interested that's the key is being interested what's the story of your brand yeah that was a great question you know because you asked me like that then you put the client into like oh 
this is how long it has taken me to get come up with my brand this is how much work how much mm-hmm. pain i'm finally i'm here mm-hmm. and i want to sell now so i need to do things right because otherwise we're going to destroy all the hard work so it's very important that you're very clever with your questions but listen because the only way you can know how to ask the right questions is by listening every client is different context matters and everything from a wedding video to a commercial video to a corporate video will be completely different questions. So it's very different. It's, it's very complex to have a set script. Um, so then that was the other thing. You, you put in perspective, how much money can I make out of this? Roughly an estimate. It could, it, it could be more. We could sell even more than that, you know, but you're putting in my eyes like facts, numbers. You're, you're giving me exact numbers for me to understand like, how can you pay so little to get such a big return? It's almost not possible, you know? So you told me like, we're gonna make 10K and it's gonna be 10K per month. So that instantly gets my brain thinking into, and I think this is something that you should have said, because I'm thinking about it because I'm an entrepreneur, you know, I'm thinking about it, but maybe the, Sally's mom, the business owner is not thinking this way. So she's not making the math in her head that is 120 K a year that you're almost guaranteeing me, you know? So, but I did it in my head as an entrepreneur. I'm like, Oh, that's 120, you know? So, okay. If he's telling me that this is going to cost 5k a month, I'm still getting, you know, half of that. So it, and, it has to work with your profit margin. So there are a lot mm, of parameters mm. and that was very simplified for, for this call. Exactly. We're not and, taking into account uh, that a lot of details. Yeah. And they, they are like, you can't, yeah, 50% was maybe a bit too high in that uh, case. So just like put, like we put numbers just so that mm. it's easy like, to mm. calculate by head here. Uh, same with like, I think listening is like what you said is very important. Um, I trained like when I was asking you the questions, um, I was like starting giving you answers. I shouldn't do that. I don't do that during a phone call with a client. I just realized I was doing this. I was I would start the answer for you, and obviously like you're guiding or pitching the client to already like like in you're already like putting them in direction, and you don't want to do that. Keep them open and be comfortable with silence. Ask the question and shut up. Um, very important. How much do you think you're gonna make? Is it going? No, you don't need to say that. How much are you going to make? Blank. Because the client has to answer. You don't want to, to be biased or make them biased about the answer. Silence is another huge one. Like sometimes as well, you will notice it happened today. So I locked in a job for Saturday. And as soon as the client started telling me what the job was, it's a job that I have charged in the past $800 to do. And, and like, it, we're also fresh from yesterday from Cristo. You know, and, and the client starts talking about the project and all this stuff. And it's actually a hard one because it's a middleman as well. But it starts talking, all these things. And I just kept asking questions, you know, what, what's the goal of it? Oh, and, and you're going to, no way. We're go- that's what they're going to do, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to give too much context because <laughs> I think they they client might listen to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, like I just started asking questions. And this particular client, I've charged them very low many times in the past this is a hard one this is we could go very deep on, on this one so it's because uh, this is a very particular subject like how to raise, uh, your, price, yeah. raise your prices for current existing clients mm. but at some point it was time to talk about price we already discussed everything i summarized everything for him like also just just going through everything you need this 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 
and we're hoping to achieve this, 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 this. And for that, we will need to do this, 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 this. So laying down the problem and the solution I've come up with with the client's problem. And then in my head, like as we're talking about this stuff, I'm doing quick maths, you know, of, of you know, like, okay, because this was also an unexpected call. So I'm just doing quick maths of, you know, what we talked at the very beginning of, of, of pricing, you know, like what are my expenses? How much is my, my daily rate? How much is the gear that I need? How much is very uh, important to know, have a rough idea of all of this. Just in my, you don't need to know the exact number. Not just, exactly. Ju- just, just, just a rough. Have a minimum engagement price, uh, MLE, minimum level mm-hmm. of engagement, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call that, uh, write it down somewhere on your notepad and take notes when you have a phone call, but like very important, like you said, like have a rough idea how much just so that you can do that kind of math yeah. and like see if it's possible or see if you should say no right away to the client. It doesn't matter that it's 1500 instead of 2000 or whatever. Just to know that if the client is offering 500, you know you can't make it work no matter what. Um, not talking value or anything, but just like have those ideas before. Yeah, yeah and, and after that, after doing all of that, I I knew this. the client was going to be shocked because I haven't charged them like any time, any job we have done in the past is not even close to this. And... At, at the end, I was literally, after I broke everything down, I put it in my head, okay, we need some profit as well. This is how much they're getting in return for this particular project. Um, look, at, uh, to do all of this, it will cost $3,500, maybe slightly more than that. Is that something that will fit the budget? And I shut the fuck up. I dropped the big bullet and I, I shut up. Mm. There's silence. And <laughs> you got to be comfortable with that because the thing that happens is that after you you drop a big number that you know the client is going to be shocked um, for maybe the amount of work or whatever it is, you just have to shut the fuck up. Especially when you've got any story, like you used to charge 800 for yeah. something similar yeah. and like suddenly you charge like four or five times more. Yeah. 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 So so I just shut up and I the, the client was like, like it literally made that, like, that literally sound. I'm still not reacting to it. I'm not, I'm not even laughing. I'm not like, I'm serious with what I just told you. And, like literally it took maybe six, eight seconds that it feels like an eternity when you're in the call, you know, after you drop that bump. And he's like, you know what? We have worked together so many times. I know the quality of your work. Let's do it. Don't even try to budge. Don't even do that. Yeah, sweet. Also send you an invoice, you know, for a job that uh, uh, last year I would have charged $800 or something like that. So you, I, I think I know which job and you were losing money. I was very upset at you. I'll tell you uh, 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 about it, what it yeah. is, but, but yeah, but even then, mm. you know, like, uh, you know, it, you can't be afraid of raising your prices when you communicate well to a client. If I, if the client just jumps on the call and he tells me, you know, it's the usual, you have done this before with us. This is what we need, blah, blah, blah. Um, how much? And then I just drop him a price and I say the same exact price that I just told him. Oh, that's going to cost 3,500. He'll be like, you're out of your mind. Have a good day. Bye. You know, yeah. bye. I'll look for another option. Instead of that, I started asking questions, questions, questions. So you're guiding them to the answers. You don't respond the answers to them. You just guide them to get to the, to the place. Because it's almost like you can see everything clearly, but you can't tell them. Because then, you know, the client will be like, Oh, but that's what you think. I don't think that it's worth that much or whatever. You have to let them guide them slowly with questions to the answers. And then you present everything. And and you also got to be prepared to say no. That's another key thing that 
you need to put yourself in a position, this took a while for me to understand, but you need to put yourself in a position in which you are able to say no to jobs. Because until you can say no, you will continue to do very cheap jobs. You'll continue to do the $500 jobs, even the $1,000 jobs for something that is worth maybe 10 and things like that. And for the longest time, I was leaving money on the table because I was too focused on saying yes to small jobs instead of saying no to those and focusing on getting better clients. That, that's another thing, the quality of your client. Mm. Get, it's better to say no to a $500 job that you think you're worth maybe three three times that or five times that in order to find the right match for you when it comes to to um, clients. And, and it's freaking hard. It's, it's yeah, it, like it, it, saying it, it, no yeah. is the hardest thing to do in yeah. our world because like, uh, I mean, we are still like young in our businesses, like even yeah. saying $500, like, of course, I'm, I'm not going to go far with $500, but it's still... You know, going to pay like rent or or, or like mm-hmm. something, and and but you need to put yourself as quickly as possible in a position where you've got a bit of savings. Mm-hmm. Be smart with mm-hmm. your finances. Don't need to like have a hundred thousand dollar in the bank. Like just have a bit of savings. Like you know, like three a few months like of floating expenses of all your expenses in the bank account, so that you can like make it your priority when you get started mm-hmm. like set up percentage keep only one like small portion to reinvest in gear gear is great you can hire at the beginning mm-hmm. you, it doesn't matter you mm-hmm. don't need your gear right away hire like you hire to another filmmaker mm-hmm. go to a rental house like i'm hiring my gear to my friends like anytime mm-hmm. and I, I like we we work like a, a like i don't give them for free because that's the mm-hmm. same issue i actually give clients to my friends that mm-hmm. are, don't have the budget mm-hmm. uh, to work with me mm-hmm. and and i can't give free uh, gear to my friends because mm. then they end up like uh, taking the gear from me and doing the job for like so much cheaper to the client mm. and like um, in the end I would uh, I lose money you know like uh, mm-hmm. I can need to provide for my family and that gear I can't use it mm-hmm. so but w- w- what I mean is um, at the beginning just make it your priority like build three, four, five, six months ideally six mm-hmm. months that's, that's a great number of savings of expenses so that's including your rent you know food accommodation like uh, bills whatever like your base expense for the next six months so that you've got that peace of mind that if you can say, like it means you can say no for six months to mm-hmm. any job that come and you can create focus on creating your own portfolio focus on building your own website and do spec work of stuff you want to do actually of the kind of clients you want to attract mm-hmm. do that instead of doing the 500 dollar job you don't want to do mm-hmm. but because it's 500 dollars, you think it's going to bring you oh i can buy a new sd card and you can it it's not worth it and it's hard i know that but that backup in finance is going to order you to say no to this kind of job mm-hmm. and or, or it could be much higher work, like pay jobs but like that aren't worth it for for your time or not in line with you um so and the other thing i wanted to say is once you've got that i think one thing to take from our conversation is oh, we're not trying to rip off the client. That's that, that's an important su- point. Super important. That's like an when, important when point. Nelson like charged like three and a half, like when you charge three and a half K for a project that you used to charge eight hundred, you're not like suddenly making a lot more profit or anything. You are losing money actually in the past. But the, what I'm saying is by doing value-based pricing, you're actually asking better questions, you understand better the client, you understand better the problem, and you're going to deliver better videos, better content overall, your relationship will be better, and, and that's what that's what matters to the client, more than just spending an extra $500. I'm, I, like, I see it, like, you always put stuff in perspective, what if you could, could find a solution with someone that, like, you, you surely would pay them, like, a lot of money, like, we did it with Chris Doe. That was a lot of money that event, right? 
Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it's, it's not cheap. We need mm. to go there. But yeah, like, uh, to give context. So yesterday we accomplished one of our biggest dreams, which was <laughs> meeting Christo, our online mentor. Um, I was hoping we were going to discuss a little band, bit about yeah. it, but I'm just bringing it up right now. So basically he came to Australia to do one day workshop in Brisbane. Um, Guillaume found out about it. He calls me and he's like, Christo is coming next week. I'm like, holy shit. How much is it? He tells me $800. I'm like, what? <laughs> Eight hundred dollars for eight hours. For eight hours, yeah, eight hundred dollars. When also, like, it just happens to be that I'm spending six thousand dollars that week for for gear that I need for a project. And in my head, it's like, shit, that's a lot of money, man. And I have to spend a lot of money right now. But we talk about it like maybe what five minutes or whatever. What we did next ten minutes, we bought it. We bought it. We bought it. Value, like value. the value, the, exactly. va the value you get from something, and uh, yeah, like. Coming back to not ripping off your, 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 like, we're not trying to rip off the clients, like, by providing better value, like, you're going to generate, like, your goal is to generate more business for the clients. And that means that it will come back to you more often. And that's a symbiotic relationship that you create with your, like, I'm never, like, I don't feel comfortable. And that's why I'm very specific about, like, when you discuss with someone, like, someone says, like, oh, yeah, but I don't like this client. Like, if they come to me, I just charge them double than what I usually charge. Uh, and, like, what if they say yes? And that happened to me. That happened mm. to you. Mm. Like, they say yes, and you end up doing, like, a crappy job you don't want to do. Like, you didn't provide any value there. Mm -hmm. You didn't, mm. any, like. It, it always like, com comes back to you to not communicate properly with your client. And that that's a very important thing to mention because then people will think like, oh, but then you would do actually that job for $800. So you're ripping off the client. And is it comes back to what you're saying. It's not about ripping off the client. It's about first uh, communicating the value. The client is stoked. The, mm, the client is stoked mm. to pay me that money. Yeah. I'm stoked because I'm paying greatly so I, I can afford now to over deliver to my client because this is the thing you shouldn't just be charging a lot more money for what you do you should be always aiming to over deliver but you can't over deliver if you're not paying properly because then you're barely running barely breaking even with every job how can you afford to over deliver you need to find the next 500 job or the next thousand dollar jobs Whereas when someone pays you way more money and they're happy to do it because you communicated properly to them, they understand what what actual outcome they're getting, that you're helping them to achieve that dream outcome. And that is very likely because of your skills and you're reducing that pain point that they have, whether it's like selling a service, selling a product or selling a, an experience. And then also, guess what? I'm going to come to that job for that. It's just for a couple hours and I'm going to bring an assistant. So the client looks even more professional in front of their client. I'm going to bring, you know, my big camera setup because I'm stoked for them to realize like all the money they spend, mm -hmm. you know, goes to also the production looking awesome in front of their client. Because mm -hmm. remember, this is a middleman in this case. Um, guess what? I'm, I'm going to be there even earlier. I'm going to, you know, leave a couple, couple minutes later. I'm going to ask him at the end, do you need something else? Do you think we got everything? And if he says, oh, can you get a, an extra shot? Even we're 10, five minutes over the time, I'll do it. Absolutely. You know, like I'm not going to think like, oh, I actually, I have to charge you an extra hour because we went over the time. I don't have to tell, I don't have to bring the stuff. I don't have to 
then come back to the client and be like, oh, actually, you have to pay for the parking thing because like we already cover all of that, you know, and then I can take a little bit longer on my editing instead of worrying like I have to pump up this $500 job so quickly. I can take my time and be like, how can I make this video the most valuable it can be so we can achieve that goal that they have with this particular project, you know, and then we value what we pay for. That's an, an important phrase that I learned from one of my clients, actually, that's a mindset coach. He said, once we value what we pay for, and it's completely true. When you pay $3,000 for something that, you know, like it's hurting you, like in a way hurts a little bit because you're like, oh, but then you get the result and you're, you see all these things in onset and you understand the exact value you're getting because sort of a great conversation that you have with that person that is selling you that service. It's completely worth it. You know, it's like for us with Chris Doe, we paid $800. It hurt at the beginning, but then guess what? We're stoked. We were stoked that they go into the conference. We were stoked during the conference and we were pumped after the conference. So the same will happen with your client. You can't afford to over deliver with a job that you're charging barely to break even. So that that's an important thing. Um, we're getting to the end of it. We extended a little bit more on that, but I, I like, I want to make sure people get as much value as they can from your knowledge on on value on, on pricing because i think that's the biggest pain point for most filmmakers that they don't understand how much to charge and how to even take it for the next level so i highly suggest you go deeper into this concept of value-based pricing for sure listen to all the podcasts that Christo has about it and look for Alex Ormosi as well he he has a lot to say there um, when it comes to negotiation and sales and why you should be charging a premium um but yeah i think i think it was a very important uh, topic does gear matter that's funny i was thinking about that the other day yes why <laughs> Unpopular opinion, by the yeah, way. Like, yeah, like it's been pretty cool the past few years to to say gear doesn't matter. I just think it does. Um, like other than giving a look, um, I think gear matters a lot because the tool you are using, it's like when you're on set or anything, you need something that works and that works for you. You know, like something that's not going to overeat or something that you know to use and that. I, I I I do feel like we are in that in a very creative world, and I feel like I know camera operator has actually quite a strong connection with like it's maybe a bit woo woo, but you get you get like a very strong connection with your camera and the mm. gear you use because that's going to eventually give the it's look. It's creepy, but it it, it does. Like, <laughs> you do it, it, like yeah, like when you're filming it's someone with the camera, the way you're going to hold the camera and and and, and transfer that image into you know like to the sensor, like the I think. Yeah, you can make it look great with an iPhone now. Like the new iPhone is like Christ is amazing. The pictures are amazing, but the flexibility and and like just it, it matters. By that I'm saying, if you're happy with an iPhone, that's amazing, and you can do amazing content. If you're comfortable with red, I love Sony. I love red. If you ask me to go on the shoot or anything, I'm just going to take my red. Because Wait, but 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 how long have you been shooting with Nikon? <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> I see less and less people shooting Nikon. <laughs> If you're um, shooting Nikon, I'm not. I don't want to have you on the podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think, I think yeah, that's that's it. I find equipment doesn't matter as long as it suits what you're trying to do. Like you can't be in a position where you complain, oh, my camera is overheating, or it's not achieving the look I'm trying to get because if I got that, that other camera, it would. Um, find the gear that works for you. If it's an mm -hmm. iPhone, amazing. If it's a red camera, it's great. If it's mm -hmm. an Ari, if it's a Sony, if it's a Nikon, mm -hmm. that's fine. People use Nikon for a reason. Like wedding mm -hmm. photographers used to use Nikon a lot for a reason because, mm -hmm. yeah, like the shutter was faster and like all, all this file size. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, Like I use, like you, you, I know you use Sony, you love mm -hmm. Sony, like, because like having Sony everywhere, like you can fast track your workflow, everything mm -hmm. matches together. Mm -hmm. Like you've got all those cameras matching mm -hmm. together. And because now you're dialed, you know how to use that equipment. Mm -hmm. So I think what's important is like to have the right equipment that you know how to use mm -hmm. and that works for you. That's all. But it does matter. Like saying it doesn't matter. No, like, I, I mean, like if you put me on set and try to film something with an iPhone, I'm just going to pull my hair, even though it's mm. going to look great. I'm mm. just going to like the effort and yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. And that's like a popular phrase that, that people love to say on, especially on YouTube, like gear doesn't matter. And they're shooting on a red camera. And it's like, well, it does to you clearly. Um, the, con so, the context is very important. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I think it definitely does. because it like, Having a camera that at some stage is limiting your creativity and things like that, it's, you know, it's hurting you. It's hurting your business and it's hurting the result you can achieve for the client as well. So, like, it, it matters to me, in my opinion, it matters for a couple of reasons mainly. First, because it, it will limit what you're able to do. Second, because it is your client will not be as stoked. Unfortunately, this is a reality. If you show up on set like we do, you know, how do we normally show up to a set? We come with lighting, we come with professional audio, we come with two cameras, we come sometimes even with assistants, we come, you know, with uh, cases, we come with a bunch of things, we set up the rig, so sometimes you have a ring, you have stuff. The client, the client if he's watching that, He's stoked because he's like, I see exactly where my money is going for. If you show up, you can literally achieve this, maybe even the same result with your small camera and just a microphone on top or whatever, depending on what you're shooting. But the client sees that and he's like, really? Am I paying this guy $5,000 and he's just showing up with his tiny little camera and a microphone on top? Like he doesn't, it in his head, it might not be, you know, rela related kind of thing. Um, I, I could, sorry, I could argue with that though. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a very important point because uh, like the reason why we say gear doesn't matter is because we get, I mean, I get a lot of people on, on social media, on Instagram uh, reaching out and say, oh, like what's the best camera? Do you think that blah, blah, blah is better? And like, should I get this? Mm -hmm. And like, no, you don't need to buy a red camera to make great videos. That's my point. That's why it doesn't matter in that case. Like you can make great videos on an iPhone with, with or A6500, like or the low end Sony or whatever. Um, however, like I'm very careful with clients that don't to know too much about cinematography and but they give importance to gear in general of course you need to show up with a lot of gear and i've noticed like for example luxury real estate yeah they're very impressed when you show up with so many cameras mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. if you have a red camera like like the like some of the agents they know what it, what it yeah. is and how much it costs and because they are into money and that kind of thing uh, not trying to patronize but like they're they're like they see like a fifty thousand dollar like piece of equipment they know what it is 
they're saying, oh, like those guys are expensive. Mm -hmm. They know what they're doing. But a client that values that for me is not always a good client. Um, Yeah. By that, I mean, like I want my clients to hire me for the work I'm doing, like whether it's weddings or anything, because they love my side, they love my work, they want to work with me, not with my gear. They're not married to my gear. Well, and that's that's the other thing, like your gear don't guarantee results. You can, there's plenty of people online that somehow they manage to get a red camera or even expensive Sony cameras, and they have no idea what they're doing. So like in that sense, gear doesn't really matter like like and also you shouldn't not start because you don't have a sony camera or you don't have a red camera you should start with whatever you have so it, it also context matters mm. but when it comes when it comes to um stages like us gear definitely matters like we like it creates that impression in the client that he's he he's getting the value that he's paying for it unlocks your creativity because all the cameras we use and the lighting we have and the audio we have allows to deliver better um results and the the other thing is that it will make you more efficient and more more productive especially being on set Mm. or even in post-production having that new mac will make your life easier than having an old mac you know, like as soon as it came out, we bought it just because even though it was a shit lot of money, we knew the return we will get. We will get our time back and that's priceless. You know, so like at some stage, gear definitely matters and you should, as 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 you progress and obviously as you can, don't go crazy because it is the big thing we do. Like we we spend all our profit and all the money we make on a job on, on a five grand camera when we can't really afford it, right? So like be diligent with where you put your money, but definitely invest into gear that will help you deliver better results, but also will make your life easier, easier. when it comes to work, will save you time, will give you time back. Um, but yeah, we, we've definitely extended a bit long, so we'll have to have you in or on a future episode as a guest again. My pleasure. Yeah, I'm at, we'll see, like definitely drop all the questions that you have for filmmaking because locally, Guillaume lives very close to here, so it's easier to have him back on the podcast. And there, there's so many topics that we could talk about. I just figured out that pricing is something that will help a lot of creative entrepreneurs and, and, and people like us, especially. Um, but before closing, uh, I would love to know, what would you tell you, your younger self? What are three tips that you, will tell, uh, that you will tell yourself when you were just getting started, like doing that big jump of pursuing this, this passion of becoming an entrepreneur that probably back then you didn't even know you were becoming one and a business owner and all this stuff. Um, what, what three pieces of advice would you give to your younger self? Um, one of the first things I would have done is to give more focus to the business side of things than the cinematography. So uh, when I first started, I had no idea what shutter speed was. Or I knew what it was, but I didn't know what the 50, the 180 degree rule was. Or like I was not using, I didn't use any ND filters for the first two years. You know, like stop now, kids, they know that. But at the time, I didn't, I didn't bother. Um, but so that's very, I didn't... Mm, I focused only on learning cinematography at that moment. I was watching everything from Peter McKinnon and trying to learn from scratch, you know, at that level to like way more advanced stuff. Um, but I didn't focus at all on the business side. And I started a business, failed like, uh, with a partner that didn't work. And I think if I had those tools, that would have helped. So that's, 
um, one business, like first thing, business, focus more on business. I would say like number two would be business as well. It's so important. Business um, around like relationship is building relationship and networking is something like one of the biggest assets you can have. Um, you can do really well in business just by knowing and talking to the right people. You don't need to be the best filmmaker again. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's very related. And the last thing, uh, I don't know. I think, I think finances, it's something I only started doing, uh, way too late after, uh, so I came from my, uh, full-time being in a full-time employee background to being a freelancer and I had no idea how to manage my money. And like, uh, I made a few mistakes where like my first few jobs, I reinvested everything in gear, exactly what I was explaining before. And I had a few cancellations on jobs, which put me in a very, very bad situation financially. Wow. I literally had like 600 bucks in my bank account and I had to pay. I was living in the backpackers. I was, my expenses were very low, but that was very, very scary time. And, um, I was considering like, yeah, working for Uber or like, you know, they're doing really small jobs to, to be able to, to survive. Um, so have a system with your finances. Um, I don't know if I can like plug in. I've got a YouTube video about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, for sure. Of course. I've got yeah. a YouTube video about that. Like, like create a system, like when you make X amount of money, like create percentages and the bucket. So there is a amazing book. Um, I don't know if you read it. It's, uh, it's called the, the, the smart, uh, the barefoot investor. The barefoot investor. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's by another guy. Uh, a really really good book and there are heaps of stuff about like saving creating wealth on the long term it's not really about creating wealth but how to manage your money and there is one part where it talks about buckets and uh, you want to at least read and look at this concept of the buckets and try to apply that into your business because since I've been doing that I feel like, like I'm less stressed and my finances are much better so yeah like those three points business networking and finances yeah so recap learn about business learn how to network and build relationships and third learn about finances get educated with money and i completely agree with those three those are great tips because also if i had to go back i think my i haven't done mines but i think it will be very very similar to that especially around money because like the, the the that's a whole topic but yeah we're we're tough you know like Next time we'll how, how money you know is the devil and wanting money is bad blah 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 we'll we'll have to get into it but brother thank you so much for coming on the show can you please let people know where can they find you if they want to get in touch if they want to support you or if they even want to hire you for a job yeah, sure. Um, so I'm on socials like Instagram. Uh, I think through Blue Media House is the maybe the easiest. So B L U U Media House, or in one word, um, on Instagram and the website. And from there, you can find my personal profile. Um, my name is Guillaume. And, um, and yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. It. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe. And I'll see you on the next one. Goodbye. See you.